I want women to know more deeply that they are loved by God, and therefore I want them to have a deeper love for His Word and for Him. I also want women to know they're not alone. So if a woman listening or watching right now is like, well, I'd like to go, but I don't have any friends. Yes, you do. You just haven't met them yet. We will all be there waiting for you. It will be a safe place where every woman, whether she's been in church her whole life or hasn't been since she was 10 years old with her granny at Christmas, she will feel welcome at Fresh Grounded Faith. Good afternoon and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. We're heard on AM640 and FM100.7. It's always great to be with you. One of my longtime special friends is Ellen Olford, the Director of Women's Ministry at Central Church. She's here today with me. Ellen, it's great to see you. How are you doing? You know, you're such a close friend, and we just so love WCRV and Byron Tyler, and it's thrilling to be with you again, brother. The last couple of days at different events, a lot happening in our city. We just hosted about 200-plus pastors at our annual Pastors Appreciation Luncheon. Carrie Casey was the speaker. Fabulous. Your husband spoke for a few moments. You weren't able to attend, but then that night was the red carpet premiere for the brand-new Indivisible David Evans, who wrote the Grace Card movie. Brand-new films coming out on October 26th. You've seen it. Yes, this is the third time I've seen it. And David Evans is such a great friend. Just supporting he and Esther was a fabulous night. Great night. There's always something happening in our city. You know, you've been a vital part over the years connecting churches and ministries together. And you and I have had the privilege of working together doing that. And that's why it's so refreshing. When we go to an event like we had at the pastor's luncheon and we see all these different ministries and pastors come together that's one of the things that, you know, Carrie Casey noticed about our gathering, just the unity that's in the place. Memphis has got some special ministry happening here. God's up to some great things. Well, you know, our heart is uh, biblical unity and to honor our brothers who live all over the city, our sisters in ministry um, through churches. And we want to do that in North Memphis and South Memphis and Orange Mound and Carrierville. And so it's fun to work together, brother. Yeah, and something coming up that you've been telling me about. Matter of fact, you've been talking to me about this for a couple of months now. This has been in the plan and the work. It's fresh, grounded faith, and which is something we all need. Sometimes we just need some refreshment in our faith and, and something grounded, something solid, going through some of the storms of life that many of our listeners go through, you know, whether it be a death of a child. One of our staff members' grandbaby, 17 months, you know, they went into the crib to check on the baby, and the baby had passed away. Those kind of storms that you go through unexpectedly, you lose your job. There's things that happen. The the transmission of your car goes out. Those are various trials that you go through. We all need that, that grounded faith as we go through those times. But you put together this area churches coming together, about 17 churches coming together to bring this conference. Now, the Fresh Grounded Faith Conference is a ministry of, and I want you, we've got the ministry founder on the phone right now, and I want you to introduce our guest. Well, it's uh, our joy as we introduce right now Jennifer Rothschild, who leads uh, she and her husband Fresh Grounded Faith Ministry, and it is an honor for Memphis, Tennessee, to host her and her ministry here at, at Central Church in Carrierville. So, Jennifer, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be part of this conversation. And can I just say, one of the blessings of being here on the phone eavesdropping <laughs> was hearing how much Memphis, um, how much the Lord is doing in Memphis with unity um, among believers and among churches, because that's one of the heartbeats of fresh grounded faith. We're stronger together. We're better together. It honors the Lord when we come together. So Ellen, I am just so grateful and so pumped 
for your leadership in pulling all these churches together, because we are going to have a fantastic weekend in the Lord of Fresh Grounded Faith. You know, Jennifer, you could really trace the event, the beginnings of the evolution, if you will, of this unifying process that we're seeing the Lord do based on a woman's event, a ladies' event that Ellen Olford brought to Memphis. It's been how many years ago now? This coming March, it'll be 10 years. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years. (laughs) But that really, when you brought Priscilla Shire... And, yes. And and I actually, because the media, you know, it was a ladies event, but I got to go. It was over 10,000 women at the Cook Convention Center worshiping God together across racial and denomination lines. It was incredible. And the men of our city were circling Jennifer and praying for the women inside. And I just get chills telling you the story. I mean, I think that is part of the process, along with dedicated prayers there are there are prayer groups all over the city where people are meeting and praying for this unity to take place i love it and and you know what happens i believe when the body of christ behaves like the body of christ when we love each other when we support each other we become this mighty force against the gates of hell i mean god uses that to really pierce the darkness because jesus says they will know us by our love so um i just love that too how you describe byron the men being involved you know, Fresh Grounded Faith is a women's event. I say it is created for women, but truly it is strong enough for a man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's God's truth. But I love it that God's men are praying and supporting and helping with the event. Well, Jennifer, we want to also talk about your story. Uh, I understand that you are a recovering perfectionist, which I'm sure that none of the ladies listening to our show are men, for that matter of fact, because we have some men that, you know, sometimes play that role would have any idea what that means. You know what? I think I have to always say I'm a recovering perfectionist because I realize I'm always 10 seconds away from falling right back (laughs) into that trap. But here's the funny thing, Byron and Ellen. It is it is it's never wise, right? It's emotionally counterproductive to be a perfectionist, but it is extremely unwise and it truly makes no sense to be a perfectionist when you're blind. And that's part of my story is that I'm blind. I've been blind most of my life. I lost my sight as a teenager, uh, 15 years old. I was declared legally blind at, initially because of a disease in both of my eyes. The disease is called retinitis pigmentosa. And so it's degenerative. So if you know anything about that disease, that means that just, you know, some people who are diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa maintain a degree of vision their whole life. Yes. You know, but then there's some who lose their vision very rapidly. It's just a random progression. When we were living on the island of Guam, our pastor's wife had that eye disease, and she led the puppet and clown ministry, and she had the limited eyesight that you're talking about. So I'm familiar with what you're talking about, but this literally has taken your eyesight completely. Yeah, for me it has, you know, and and like you said, not not everybody does that happen to all at once. But for me, it did happen very rapidly. So, you know, I had to learn really, really quick um, so much about who I was, you know, that I was not what I could do or I was not how I felt because, my goodness, the amount of emotions you can imagine, the onslaught. And so, you know, now here I am decades later, I truly have lived in physical darkness longer than I've lived in physical light. And I truly have learned these lessons in the dark that I can really trust the Lord. I can trust Him with what I consider to be my weaknesses or failures, that I don't have to um, perform for His approval because He's already performed on my behalf. 
I, I just learned to rest in his grace. Um, you know, blindness is hard. I, I never dismiss how hard it is. It's the hardest thing I deal with every single day. But it has also been the single greatest source for me to see God's provision and his strength and his goodness. Well, Jennifer, going back to your perfection, perfectionist life that you're you're talking about, was mm-hmm. there was there somebody in your life that had like, you know, unmeetable expectations when you were growing up? I mean, is that something that started before you lost your eyesight? Oh yeah, I can tell you who that somebody was too. Me. <laughs> oh, you did it to yourself. I did it to myself. I really did. I mean, I am a firstborn. And um, not that every firstborn has to be a perfectionist, but I had a lot of drive. And so I think I had already begun to tell myself, you know, that A minus, that's a good grade, but why didn't you get an A? For whatever reason, I just began this dialogue of self-talk early on. And then when I became a teenager and I lost my sight, then I think it kind of, the tendency got on steroids because it was this sense of, well, I really need to prove to myself and everybody else, you know, that blindness is not going to stop me. And so, um, and, and, and let me just put a, a small parenthesis there. It's really okay to have drive. It really is good. God wired us to have grit and to agree with his grace and to give it our best shot. I am not in any way diminishing that. But when that becomes the standard for acceptance, that's when you fall into perfectionism and a performance minded mentality. And I think that's what happened uh, with me. But the blessing was when I fell deep enough into the pit to realize that I was never good enough, um, no matter how, how well I did, it just would never be good enough in my own mind. That caused me to begin to really examine my heart and my mind and what it was I was saying to myself. In fact, um, Byron and Ellen that has begun for me. It's been one of my greatest life messages, how God has taught me the importance of what you say to yourself. I call it a thought closet, you know, what you keep in your thought closet and to replace those lies with the truth so that you don't live under that condemnation, self-imposed condemnation. You know, Ellen, as Jennifer speaking, the thing that keeps standing out to me, and I see it in my own life too, you know, as a guy that I can be my, my own worst enemy, you know, and I think we do that to ourselves, don't we? Absolutely. And one of the things that's so amazing about Jennifer's ministry, Byron, is many of the Bible study materials that she has written. She's done a variety. She just released a new one on Psalm 23 with Lifeway. But many of her materials she's written, she's dealt with this. That really helps women and men, for that matter, significantly dealing with that thought life. And I really want to encourage people to check out her writings and her books and her Bible studies because I think it would help many of these in that thought closet um, that have some stinking thinking, and, <laughs> as my mother used to say, and uh, and can really help um, everyone. Uh, Jennifer, what seem to be some of the biggest lies that you have found that women believe about themselves? Mm. Well, I think a lot of us as women believe that we are what we do, you know. Um, if I, my identity is based on, uh, my relationships, my success, um, my identity is based on my appearance. So who I am, you know, is, is what I do. And, and what happens is, you know, if you're a great stay at home mom, then what happens when the kids leave and suddenly you have this no sense of identity because you've convinced yourself that you are only as valuable as your utility, 
You know, so I think that's a big lie that a lot of us believe. And I think a lot of men do, too, Byron. Yes, we do. I am what I do. Um, Another one is, I I think this one is a little more subtle, but we as women start to believe that we are how we feel, you know? So if I feel poorly about myself, well, then I must just be a loser. Or if, if I feel like I just can't succeed at something, well, then I probably never will. And so sometimes I think as women, and, and I can only speak to women because I am one, I'm sure men probably deal with it in a different way, but a lot of us as women, sometimes we think that every feeling we have is a fact, and it's not true. Feelings are real, and we need to pay attention to them. But those feelings that we have should always um, be like a, a pathway, you know, to lead us to truth, to help us understand the deeper truth, which is God's truth. So not every feeling is a fact, and that's why we don't think with our feelings, and that's also why we don't establish our identity on our feelings. Otherwise, we will never our identity will be as fickle as our feelings. And God alone is the one who establishes who we are, who we are is who says we he, who we are is who he says we are. And so for me, the best way to combat all of those lies that women believe is I believe to look every single day, every single day in the mirror of his word. You know, we look in the mirror to see what we look like. Well, I don't, but most women do <laughs> to see what we look like. <laughs> uh, but we got to look in the mirror of God's word because that will always reflect the truth to us. The truth of that in every way, so many women in, in this area of town and throughout the city, it's what they do, it's what they think, it's what they feel, instead of reflecting that in light of the scripture and, and what is God's truth about who I am. Yes. So uh, throughout the city, we're excited about you coming and speaking, dear. Oh, I'm so excited. Are you kidding? <laughs> we are going to have a weekend where we are going to get free in the Lord, His His truth. Will set us free because we're going to know His truth. We're going to know who we are in Him. We're going to learn to love Him more. I'm just so excited to just step into what God's already doing in Memphis at Fresh Grounded Faith. Right before you you lost your total eyesight, mm-hmm. uh, what was the last thing that you saw with your eyes? Mm. You know that is such a beautiful question. I don't remember specifically what I last saw, but I do remember specifically what I last read because that has impacted me to this day. I didn't know that I was going to, in the fall, lose my eyesight and not be able to read. I didn't know that. So during that summer, I could see just fine. I read two books. One of them was The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And the other, was the very last book I read was Johnny Erickson. Well, then that was her name. Now she's Erickson Tata. But Johnny Erickson's autobiography, just called Johnny, right? I'm sure you guys, your listeners know, but she was in a diving accident as a 17-year-old, has lived her whole life in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic, and she had such depth. Well, she captured my heart as a teenage girl. I was mesmerized by her strength. I was mesmerized by her humility. I already knew the Lord. I loved the Lord. I read his word. But there was something about her life that just startled me. Yes. And I would have never known that three months later, I would never be able to read a book again. And I am so grateful to the Lord that he tucked her into my heart as a hero. And I cannot tell you how many times in those early months especially, that God would bring back scenes from that book in my mind's eye, and I would see her, and I literally would think, if she can do it, I can do it. What a gift. 
I was just thinking, Ellen and I have had the privilege of being with Johnny, and I know you have too, I'm sure. I guess the last few years she spoke, closing address speaker at the National Religious Broadcasters and, Convention. Ellen, you remember that? Yeah, she's with us every, every year there. Yeah, she gave just an incredible challenge about our faith. But what was more powerful than that, Jennifer and Ellen, when NRB conference was over with, people were starting to get to their cars and to leave. It started snowing in Nashville, getting real cold. And I saw Johnny and her husband kind of come, and he was going to go and try to take care, make sure the car was ready. So she and I had a few moments there together, you know, and I just told her how much I enjoyed her sharing her heart. Come to find out that the van that came to pick her up didn't have a lift on it. Mm. So it delayed, which threw her flight off. So, you know, we think about how frustrating that kind of thing is, but think about it from her perspective. Yeah. You know? We're just not grateful enough, I don't think. I think you're right. That's, I think that's one of the things that, that always strikes me about her, and it's a, it's a way to live where there's freedom. Yeah. And it's really to be thankful in, in all things. That's her life. I'm sure she's not thankful for all things. Well, no. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know. She, yeah. she may be. Yes. I know for me it's hard to be thankful for all things, but we certainly can, through God's grace, be thankful in all things. And it sets you free from those obstacles becoming big mountains that you can't cross. Well, Jennifer, I mean, the Scripture talks about the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh, you know, that he brought to the Lord, but God used it to to humble him and teach him. Mm. For you, it's been blindness. It could be other things, too, I'm sure. Maybe for Ellen, I don't know what those might be. I have my things that I deal with. Absolutely. But, but those are the things we try to run from instead of embrace. Well, Paul did. I mean, that's what he asked the Lord in Second Corinthians 12, that the Lord would remove the thorn. And what's beautiful is... It gives us permission to say, God, my thorns hurt, <laughs> you know, yes. Lord, my thorns hurt. But the Lord answered Paul's prayer. He just didn't answer it in the way that Paul expected or wanted, probably. And haven't we all experienced that? But God's response was, Paul, I'm going to give you the best answer I can give you because I am a good God. So the scripture says my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for mm, my power yes. is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul went on to say, therefore, I'm going to boast in my weakness so that Christ's power would dwell there. I just know for me, I've asked God over and over, and I know many have on my behalf, that God would heal me. But I have recognized that he is not giving me a lesser gift by not answering the prayer of healing. He is giving me the best gift, which is his sufficient grace. Because really, when it's all said and done, healing is not sufficient. Thorn removal is not sufficient. Only grace is. And when we can really rest there, when we can really live there, that's when, like Paul was saying, I'd rather just boast in that weakness, because then, then Christ's power can dwell in me. When we're trying to do it ourselves and be powerful and pretend we don't need grace, then we don't get to experience Christ's power being real and big in us. So let's embrace it, right? Let's just rest in the weaknesses that God's allowed. Well, Jennifer, did you grow up in a, say, a nominal Christian home or one that was on fire for Christ? Well, my daddy happened to be a pastor. Okay. So he should be on fire, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he was. He was a gentle burn all the time on fire. (laughs) He was a real man of God. He went to be with Jesus in in February, and my heart will always miss him here. Um, But he's the one who really taught me not just Scripture and how to learn the Word, study the Word, and teach the Word, but, but how to live it. He taught me how to live it because Amen. he was the same in the pulpit as he was at home. And then, of course, my mother showed such gentle strength and commitment to the Lord. And now here she is, a widow, and every day she gets up 
And she tells me, you know, because we've been so concerned because she's alone. Mom, I'm so sorry. I'm not alone. I'm never alone. Every morning I meet with the Lord, and He gives me the strength I need to make it through the day. So I'm so grateful that I had that modeling in my life to, to feed into me. But here's the thing. Not everybody does. And if you don't, you still have a Heavenly Father who is completely vested in you and has given you His voice and His Word, and He can train you, and He can teach you, and He can grow you, and He can comfort you and shelter you. Oh, my. Jennifer, you're coming here to uh, Collierville, Tennessee, which is just on the outskirts of Memphis, November 16th and 17th, for the Fresh Grounded Faith. What do you want women to walk away with after they attend this weekend? I want women to know more deeply that they are loved by God, and therefore I want them to have a deeper love for His Word and for Him. I also want women to know they're not alone. So if a woman listening or watching right now is like, well, I'd like to go, but I don't have any friends. Yes, you do. You just haven't met them yet. We will all be there waiting for you. It will be a safe place where every woman, whether she's been in church her whole life or hasn't been since she was 10 years old with her granny at Christmas, she will feel welcome at Fresh Grounded Faith, and we will lift up the Lord, we will connect her with other women, and women will, I believe, feel esteemed and loved by their Father God. Well, you have written uh, over 14 books, uh, combined sales approaching 1 million units, including the recently released Me, Myself, and Lies, uh, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, and the best-selling lessons I learned in the dark. I think there's also a, uh, a DVD-enhanced curriculum that goes along with that. Yeah. And uh, other teaching materials. Now, is that all on your website, Jennifer? It sure is, yeah. Um, if ladies would like to learn more, um, it's www, of course, jenniferrothschild.com. And, Byron, there is a sneaky silent S in that Rothschild. So it's jenniferrothschild.com. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, of course, you can go to that website and learn more. And also, I mean, you're doing these, these fresh grounded faith uh, events are happening all over the country. Yes. In fact, I'm leaving in about an hour to to head to another one in Lubbock, Texas this weekend. Oh, that's great. And Ellen, you have, again, joining Jennifer, you've got a host of some great. Lisa Turkhurst, who's been on the show before, is going to be there, too. Tell us about other things that will be happening on November 16th, 17th. Well, Lisa Turkhurst has, has been to Central before, and uh, but she partners with Jennifer at some of her events. And so Jennifer's ministry uh, has invited Lisa Turkhurst and Karen Ambercrombie um, and Michael O'Brien, who will be leading worship. Um, they had known about um, all the times that Priscilla and I have been together in ministry, both at Central and here in the city and all types of places. And it's thrilling that Jennifer has, also has Karen coming, Karen Ambercrombie, who played beside Priscilla in the war room. So her ministry has invited these great folks to join us, um, and and Jennifer's ministry, Fresh Grounded Faith, has done a phenomenal job. It's been great working with them. And so we do have women from all over this area, some flying in from Dallas, Texas, others coming from West Tennessee, uh, North Mississippi, and throughout the city of Memphis uh, joining us, and you know, some uh, 16 to 18 church co-host churches partnering with, with Central Church to uh, be a part of bringing it here and supporting Jennifer any way that we can. But we're excited about November 16th and 17th. Yes, we are. And Jennifer, you mentioned at the beginning of the program, or I guess Ellen did, that your husband is involved with your ministry. Uh, tell us, how did you meet your husband and how did you know that he was the one for you? <laughs> 
Well, I met him when I was in college because uh, I was dating his roommate. <laughs> One of those, huh? <laughs> Until the day the roommate introduced me to my husband, Phil. And uh, we uh, dated during college uh, my freshman year and then did not date for two more years, but then dated again my senior year. And finally, that boy accepted my marriage proposal. So um, we've been married 32 years. And, you know, I just, I, I couldn't tell you exactly how I knew he was the one, except that I just couldn't resist. That's how I knew, I guess. And I've been so grateful because as our marriage has unfolded, oh, we have not had a perfect marriage. We've had a very realistic and human marriage uh, where we've had to work things out and grow together and learn and be humbled and be more humbled. Uh, but I can clearly see how God married our two different giftings and temperaments to do what he's doing today um, in our ministry. And I am so very grateful. And and I do want to say also, I'm super grateful for Ellen. You know, she the way she's presented how much um, fresh grounded faith coming, I just want you to know that it takes someone like Ellen, your leadership, Ellen, to na- to navigate all this and to motivate and to pull the churches together. We we are in this together, sister. And Fresh Grounded Faith is so grateful for you, Ellen, for your leadership in this. Well, thank you. We are just thrilled to have you, dear. So thrilled. And Jennifer, we can't say goodbye with giving you at least a little bit of room to say something about Trip, which is your two-year-old <laughs> grandson. How much time do we have? <laughs> So we've got our first grandbaby, and now I understand why grandmothers are so crazy. <laughs> That's I mean, right. Um, but his name, they, the children, our children, who's, I can't remember the parents' names anymore, you know. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> no. Our son and daughter-in-law call him Trip because he is a third. So my husband is Philip Clayton Rothschild. My son is Philip Clayton Rothschild Jr. And then the baby is Philip Clayton Rothschild III, and that is just way too big of a name for such a little guy. So they call him Trip, and I am just a crazy over-the-moon grandma and so grateful. And what does Trip call you? Gigi. Gigi. All right. I love that. Love it. Well, I love it. <laughs> well, Jennifer Gigi, thank you so much for joining Bot Radio Network today with me and Ellen to talk about this great uh, event coming to Central Church, November 16th and 17th. Now, ladies, is the time to sign up. You need to call this number, 901-255-8113, 901-255-8113. You can always go to Central Church website and also encourage you to go to Fresh Grounded Faith. The website again, Jennifer, would you mind giving that address? It's freshgroundedfaith.com, freshgroundedfaith.com. Or this number, you can call 800-859-7992. Be sure and uh, follow Jennifer on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Learn more. God bless you, my dear ladies, Ellen and Jennifer. Thank you for what you're both doing for Christ's kingdom to impact women's lives. And thank you for being my guest today. Right back at you, Byron. God bless you. This was was a delight. Thank you. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by to our radio listeners and also to those watching live on YouTube. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.